Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Link Live. My name is Marina Mayer, Editor-in-Chief of Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. Today is back to school, as you can see from all of our shirts. We're very excited. Oh, to be in college again. <laughs> and I'm here with my editors, who are also wearing their respective shirts. Go at you, by the way. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brielle Jekyll. I'm the associate editor. I went to Montclair State University. <laughs> I am McKenna Morales, the assistant editor, and I went to the, U the University of Wisconsin Platteville. Yay! And we are here with a special guest, Terry Esper. He is the associate professor at the Ohio State University. Welcome, Terry. Thank you. Good to be here. Good afternoon, ladies. Absolutely. And we're very excited about today because today, um, you know, back to school is such a big topic in our industry with how students are returning to school, where, how it's, how it looks, where, it, how this evolves, especially with the coronavirus. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the state of learning and education, you know, what that looks like with e-learning and basically how a supply chain student learns about the supply chain from their home. Um, so Terry, I'm glad you're with us. Just a couple housekeeping things before we get started. Um, Terry is also the um, Academic Strategies Committee Chair for the Council of, uh, for, sorry, CSCMP, I might as well just say that. Um, and we have a good partnership with CSCMP. So if you go to their website and register for CSCMP Edge 2020, apply the code SUPPLY and you'll get $40 off of your registration fee. That's very cool. And when you're on our websites, foodlogistics and sccexec.com, go to SCN Summit and register for next Tuesday's SCN Summit State of the Supply Chain Industry. I'm so excited. And if you're on our website, you'll notice that today we just announced our top 3PL and cold storage providers. So congratulations to all of our winners. Ooh. Very excited. Okay, how did I do that? I get that in a good time? Okay, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk back to school. So first off, many colleges and universities, as, you, as we all know, are moving to an e-learning format, whether they liked it or not. And some are even implementing a hybrid solution. And as I've learned from this morning, reading the news, some of those are now reverting back to e-learning. Uh, e Going back, yeah. Yes. So how does this new way of learning impact, you know, the teaching styles and, and how these students can learn about the supply chain? Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and um, in many ways, you know, it's we're we're on this roller coaster, right? So, you know, spring break of uh, you know earlier this year, spring break in March, we were, uh, you know, we we knew that this uh, virus was out there. We left for spring break, you know, in some degree uh, with some degree of uncertainty, and uh, you know, then our spring break here at Ohio State was was extended because we needed to take everything online, and so preparing for that was clearly. Um, uh, a pivot that we were not expecting, and, um, and and we're still on that roller coaster as we prepare to go into the fall semester. You know, so when you when you talk about this new way of doing things, um, it, it brings up a lot of differences, to be honest. You know, and the jury is still out on what this new approach to education is going to mean. Um, and, and you know, you mentioned students and student learning. You know, that that's something that, to be honest. You know, we're still not sure of yet. Um, are students learning at the level that they uh, would have been learning at had we had traditional formats of teaching students? Um, and, and so we're, we're still trying to, to uh, assess that. Um, but, but what I do 
the teaching side of that conversation is that it is different and the differences in some cases are a plus and in some cases are a minus. You know, the minuses, of course, we don't have direct engagement with students, right? So we are very based. Um, you know, I'm just a face on a camera um, as opposed to a professor that students can, you know, come up and ask questions after class, stop by my office and engage. You know, those are things that, you know, we just don't have in this new uh, way of doing things. Um, and we're talking about teaching supply chain. And, you know, teaching supply chain is uniquely different maybe than some other areas of business because we put a lot of emphasis on tours um, and things that really allow students to see supply chain in action. And we don't have the ability to do those things in an online format. And so it does take away some of that richness of educating students that we used to have. Now, the benefits um, of teaching in this new environment, to be honest, is are that, you know, while we may not be able to go into facilities and do tours, I have found that we actually have more access to executives than we maybe used to have. So it's, a, it's quite a lot to ask a, uh, an executive to arrive on the campus of uh, Ohio State and to come and visit our class. And many of them are willing to do that, but it, they have to block off a, a significant amount of time if not even travel to Columbus, Ohio, to be here to engage with our students. But now that we've gotten this, you know, distance-based format and we've gotten used to it, I have found that executives are more than willing to take an hour of time and engage with a group of students from Ohio State. And so we do have the ability to bring um, that, that corporate uh, perspective into the classroom a lot more now that we have this online format. So again, there are some pluses and some minuses, and, and we're still figuring it out, to be honest with you, as we go. Yeah, that was actually my next question was, um, is there some benefits? I know, obviously, you know, this is awful. Everything that's happening is awful. But are we, what are some other benefits that comes to e-learning and this, um, you know, uh, socially distant um, education environment? Yeah, so, you know, I've been, even though the coronavirus situation has kind of brought this conversation to the forefront here as of late, I've actually been teaching in a blended uh, format for several years. Mm -hmm. So I, I have a, you know, a, a pretty decent amount of experience with teaching students online. And one of the benefits that, that I have found is that students are able to really spend time with my lectures and spend time with the content in ways that traditional students in the classroom maybe did not. And so here's what I mean. You know, students that are in my lectures are taking copious notes and trying to capture everything that I say, where students that are in an online format are able to, uh, especially when we have asynchronous, you know, video content that they can go to, you know, they can hit rewind and they can pause and they can take notes and in the margin um, and then go back and rewind it again and listen again and make sure that they got it right. So I would say as we migrate more content to this asynchronous online format, that, students are able to actually spend more intimate time with content than we used to when we were just holding students to capturing as much as you can during the lectures. And, you know, and if you're one of those students who are willing to ask questions, I'll highlight and, and elaborate. But if you're not, you might not get it. And, you know, the class is moving forward, right? So I, I think there are some benefits, to be honest, as we think about this new format and this new way of doing things. Again, not only the ability to bring in executives and, and those kinds of things, but for students to spend more intimate time. And I'll also say this um, as it relates to guests. So I talked about executives, but another 
benefit is that we have the ability to bring in guest lecturers maybe from other universities. So for example, there's a new index that's out called the Logistics Managers Index. It's becoming really popular and it is capturing, you know, trends in logistics. And I was teaching on the Logistics Managers Index back in April and I was going to do it myself. And then I thought, hey, why don't I call up Zach Rogers? He's a professor at Colorado State. Um, and Zach said, yeah, I'd love to join you. And so Zach popped in on Zoom and spent about 30 minutes with myself and a group of graduate students. And, you know, I can teach on the LMI. I can do it. Right. But Zach Rogers, who created the Logistics Managers Index, is much better suited to talk about it. And so we were able to go directly to the source. And so now we're able to kind of exchange content across universities where certain universities and certain professors at those universities might be more skilled and more capable of content that I would have had to teach myself, I can actually bring in the person who developed the content and have them teach it. And, and we exchange. So, you know, I'm going to be doing something at Colorado State this year. So we do have the ability to share in, in this new way of doing things. So cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think well, again, it's, it's, it's bad, but there are some good things to it, right? right? Right. I think that's a really good point, too, because where I went to school, it's really it's in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. Yeah. Like it's the county is so small that this town is the only town that has stoplights in the area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You are so like re real rural. And I was talking to a supply chain professor at that school, and she said how they would take this or like field trips, I guess, to a certain plant, but it would have to be a whole day thing. So now this is becoming more accessible to the students and even having to record your lessons is becoming more accessible too, because at my school, the only way that they recorded lecturers is if somebody had a student visa, which meant like they had a learning disability. So now these students can work on their own time too, instead of having to feel the pressure of school and a pandemic. Yeah, no, that, that's such a great point, uh, McKenna. And I think, you know, what that's getting to as well is just, you know, the ability to take this content and, and spread it out and make it available to all nooks and crannies of the uh, of the country. So, for example, now, you know, in, in my online classes, I not only teach students at uh, the Ohio State University Columbus main campus, but I also have students at some of our two-year campuses across the state of Ohio. So OSU Lima, which is a two-year campus, OSU Mansfield, OSU Marion. So these are students that are able to get the, um, I would say, because I'm teaching it, top-notch education, you know, right? From, from me, <laughs> you know, that's my story, but, <laughs> you know, I'm sticking to that. Plug. <laughs> but I, I'm able to I'm able to lecture to students all across the state of Ohio without leaving Columbus. And they are able to get the same level of education on the OSU Columbus campus at the satellite campuses. And what mm -hmm. that means is that as those students make their way to OSU Columbus after they finish their two years at the regional campuses, they are much more prepared to walk into the Fisher College of Business having been educated by some of our best faculty, even though they were you know, on the two-year campuses that are out in the more rural parts of Ohio. So great points. And again, I think that as we have started to accept this new normal, we have had to start to accentuate the positive aspects of this. And yeah, it is terrible that I haven't been to my office since March 
And I don't remember if I had, had a cup of coffee on my desk or not, right? So who knows what's going to be growing up in there when we get back. And, you know, it, it's difficult. But there are a lot of positives to the situation that we have to accentuate and accept and try to make the best of it. I think there's a lot of lasting stuff that came out of COVID um, that I hope are long lasting. I say this all the time, like the online groceries and like, and like, I'm going to a drive-in comedy show tonight. Like, I think that's so cool. Like some of this stuff, like I hope sticks. Yeah. Yeah. I went to one too. I was out at uh, Dave Chappelle does a, uh, a, 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 a show in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. It's a, it's, it's in a small town called Yellow Springs. Yeah. And it's, it's an amazing show. I had a chance to go to it this weekend, but yeah, you're right. There are some aspects of COVID-19 that we want to hang on to. And I'll tell you one that I want to hang on to, and I'm going to take this back to, to this idea of supply chain education. I want to hang on to the fact that everybody is talking about supply chain. I want to hang on to the fact that I'm listening to the normal briefings about the coronavirus or looking at CNN, they're talking about supply chain. You know, the work that we do, I've often said that supply chain doesn't necessarily show up until times of crisis. Like we've been, we've been there all the time. We've been there the whole time. Like the work that we've been doing has been, uh, has been getting done the whole time, but times of crises, is what brings visibility to the work that we're doing, right? It's not until supply chains are, uh, are having problems that people start to really think about them. So it wasn't until we started running out of toilet paper and Clorox wipes that people were saying, hey, what's up with those supply chains, right? right? But right. what that has done is it has brought supply chain to the foreground. It has brought supply chain to the main stage. And I'm hoping that that's something that we can hold on to after this COVID-19 scenario, that more people will be um, cognizant of the great work that's happening within supply chain, the essential work that is associated with supply chain management. And of course, tying this into education, I'm hoping that we'll have even more students that walk in the door at Ohio State saying, hey, I wanna major in supply chain management and logistics because of what I witnessed during COVID-19. You mentioned the online grocery. Well, it's gonna take the logistics to get that product to your door. Yeah. And that's what you know we wanna try to hold on to. Right. I think as more students learn about the supply chain too, it'll not only make them like better in general, but it'll make them a better consumer as yeah. well. They're not going to be jerks to the people that are, <laughs> that don't get their packages delivered on time because they understand that there's a pandemic going on. Yeah. Although I am yeah. down in minutes until yeah. my new Apple watch comes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, that, that's, that's a great point. You know, one of the things we moved to here at Ohio State is that every student that comes into our Fisher College of Business has to take classes on logistics and supply chain. So it used to be that only the majors will get access to that content. So in years past, you could have conceivably gotten a degree in finance or marketing and never really took a course in supply chain. So you might have heard it, but you didn't necessarily have to learn about it. Now, supply chain education is considered a part of our core. So you have to take those courses. And so with that, we're hoping that students who even major in, you know, um, human resources or uh, accounting will walk away with an appreciation for the work that's done in supply chain. And that's what we've been when attempting to do. Yeah. Do you teach one of the intro classes at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So that's a, a big class that I teach. It, it is one of the, the big core ones. Yeah. 
is it hard to teach all the sectors just in one semester? How do you get through that? And how do you especially get through that while teaching online? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, you try to put as much into it as you can, you know, as I try to, uh, you know, as I tell my students, you know, we're going to hover at about 33,000 feet on day one, it's takeoff, and we are cruising at 33,000 feet for the rest of that class, recognizing that we can't really dig into all the nuance and details and idiosyncratic, you know, issues of supply chain. It's just difficult to do that in one class because it's intro. So we try to basically expose students to the core principles of supply and logistics um, and then you know intrigue them enough to say hey you know what I want to major in this and then we can go further and start to peel back the layers of the onion of supply chain but yeah in the intro courses it's primarily kind of what every student in business needs to know about supply chain so even if you're a finance major what are some fundamentals of supply chain that you need to be aware of so it's really that 33,000 feet level I agree. So I I have another question. I swear sure, I'm not yeah. hard. No, no <laughs> but how can we encourage more female students and more minority students to join the supply chain as well? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really good question. And it's one that we've been having a lot of conversations about over the last several years. So I, I've been on the front line of these conversations for quite some time. Um, and not only uh, when it comes to race and ethnicity, uh, as an African-American, of course, I have a concern about that. But I've been even doing research on women in logistics for some time. So before I joined the uh, the uh, faculty at Ohio State, I was on the faculty at the University of Arkansas. And we were doing some really good programming around, you know, women in supply chain and really developing programming. Uh, and that's my alma mater, by the way, so I'm proud of that. Uh, developing programming specifically focused on young women as a way of of supporting young women as they consider majoring in supply chain. So I, I think the, um, you know, the, the truth of the matter is we, we've got a problem in supply chain in the sense that it's a very male dominated field. And we on the front lines in the education space are those who have the ability to make a change to that. Um, and we're on the front line of it. So, so I think there's a number of things that we can do to um, to address this. I think first of all, you have to have more diversity in the classroom. So, you know, it, it is, um, the, the studies are there to show that young women are more inclined to select a major if they see women in the classroom teaching in that major. And the same goes for students that come from underrepresented minority populations. You know, every university that I've been affiliated with, to be honest, and it's not because it's me, but it's just because of the symbolic nature of what I present as an African-American man, that when I join these faculties, we do start to see the numbers start to blip up in terms of young men of color that are interested in majoring in supply chain. So there is something to be said about who is in the classroom. And so, you know, on the academic side, we are working on programming to try to attract more um, women and underrepresented minorities into PhD programs because in order to get on faculty at these major programs, you do have to have a PhD. Um, but at the same time, I think that, you know, we, we also have uh, persons who teach who come from industry. And, you know, so, so again, not to go too far into this, but I think it's a, an important conversation that we need to have in academia, which is, you know, particularly when it comes, I, I think we're seeing many 
more women that have entered into PhD programs. So the work there is is moving, and that work has been um, it, it's been a lot of build up to where we are now, as it relates to. Um, ethnic minorities and, and, and issues of race, we still got some work to do. And so in many cases, one of the big responses is, well, we don't have that many people of color that have PhDs, okay? Which is true, the, the, the pickings are slim, okay? Um, I think I was the second, you know, African-American man with a PhD in, in logistics my PhD advisor was the first African-American woman to get a PhD in logistics, and there wasn't many beyond her, right? I think now we're on number six or something, right? So when it comes to people with PhDs, it, it is a very slim um, community. But we, we also have people who teach classes that are what we call adjuncts or people who work you know, full time in the day and then teach classes at night. That's where I think we can be much more targeted at trying to diversify our classrooms because that is where there is a larger pool of people to uh, attract from and therefore being more targeted at diversifying the classrooms. So the adjunct professors, the lecturers that are teaching who are teaching based on their experience, not teaching based on their academic studies. So I think we've got some, some things to do. Um, I would say another point and sorry to keep going on this McKenna but you know so cut me off if I'm going too long-winded on this but another thing that I think we need to address is the just professionalizing the uh the the, the field and working against this uh stigma if you will or this reputation that oh if you major in logistics and supply chain when you get your degree you are gonna take a job in a warehouse and drive in a truck and you know that you know, to be honest with you, when they when when there is the finance major and students are looking at finance and saying, "Hey, I can go to work on Wall Street or go to work in some major investment firm or major in logistics and go and work in a warehouse and driving trucks," it's just not appealing. So we have taken measures to ensure that our students are aware that supply chain. You know, there there, there is a lot of great work being done there, and we don't want to take away from that. But the their argument is why go to college and go to a school like Ohio State to graduate from college and then go and work in a warehouse. Uh, and so we've got to do that because there are so many professional jobs and analyst jobs and corporate jobs that are in supply chain. And, and I think that's something that we've got to do as well, particularly as it relates to um, increasing the numbers of women and minorities that are attracted to the discipline. You almost have to like romanticize it to a yeah. point to get people yeah. to join. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we already covered um, my question. We, you know, I was wondering about the um, um, if we've seen jobs increase or, or the the more more higher number of students entering the workforce or entering um, supply chain majors. Right. Um, so, Marina, if you want to ask your question, I know you have. Sure. One. Um, you know, it's kind of like a two-part question, but, you know, looking at how, you know, the environment is right now, what is something that you want to tell the freshman students as well as the seniors who will be graduating? What is what is some advice for, for those watching that are in school that are experiencing yeah. this shift? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, for the seniors, um, <laughs> you know, I would say, hey, you know, it's, um, you know, we, we didn't know, right? I mean, right. You know, <laughs> I mean, we didn't know. I know. Sorry. You know, yeah. we, we've tried to do I our tell best. My eight year old, I, tell, I tell my eight-year-old that all the time. She's like, I yeah. thought this was just going to be for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's a student. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but there was a student at uh, I forget which university, but they were essentially uh, talking about suing the university because they had to go to online education and the quality of the education was not the same as what they had come to expect. And, you know, I'm like, you know, I was like, dude, we tried our best, man. Like, so, 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 so <laughs> I, think ultimately, I think ultimately one of the things I would say to seniors is that, you know, to be honest, we were all pretty much rocked to the core when it came to this whole conversation of COVID-19. Like this was not what we signed up for. And I would dare to say that most universities and I've been benchmarking across universities uh, and supply chain programs for the last several months, most did the best that they could to try to ensure that student experience was at as high a level as it could be. Um, so, I, you know, I would, of course, offer a note of apology to seniors that, hey, I, I understand that this was the end of your, you know, um, you know, college, you know, trajectory and, and, and matriculation. And it ended rocky. Right. I mean, we had to have these conversations with commencement on last May and just how it was all different. And it just didn't come to that big crescendo that everybody was expecting. Um, but of course, a big thing for seniors is the job market. Right. And, you know, what we know is that a lot of companies are on hiring freezes as they're attempting to figure out how to navigate this new normal of working. Um, and so, you know, it, it is a it's an interesting time. Um, and so I know seniors are, you know, it, it's not what we thought it would be. And so I would say to seniors just to hold on and that things will get to some degree of normalcy. And I think, you know, all the parties that be are hopefully, you know, working to, to try to normalize this as much as we can. Uh, freshmen, major in supply chain, right? I think you have seen, you know, you have seen the importance of supply chain. You have seen the essential work associated with supply chain. So major in supply chain. Um, I would also say to students that are interested in majoring in supply chain, a couple of tidbits. Take your courses in finance seriously because more and more that understanding of supply chain but also how it connects to finance is so vital. So over the years, my classes where I, I teach finance, that content has just mushroomed. And, you know, there are times in my classes where I'm like, am I teach, am I a finance professor or a supply chain professor? But you, you, we have to understand how supply chain impacts financial statements. And I would also say analytics, right, uh, is, is, you know, so, you know, numbers, spreadsheets, you know, data analysis, that's where we are right now in supply chain. It, again, is not about just trucks, trains, and warehouses, but we're talking finances, understanding financial statements, doing data analysis, and understanding, um, you know, analytics. And, and that's where we are as a discipline right now. That's super interesting, because I know that, you know, we all know financial is part of the supply chain, but, yeah. um, you know, from our vantage point, at least from my vantage point, you don't think about how important it is to yeah. grasp just the basics of that, because regardless of where you sit within the supply chain, whether they're developing the software or managing the fleet, you know, financials plays a big part of that. So yeah, I think that point is, is super interesting. 
Um, Terry, I do appreciate your time. This was super educational. I know that, oh, thank you. you know, you, you touched on it earlier, you know, one of the opportunities, I, I know that for, for us, the, the, this whole, um, you know, line of communication has opened the door for us to be able to talk to um, professors like yourself and other guest experts that we've had on. Um, and so from where I sit, that's my personal opportunity from this. And so thank you to you and all the teachers and administrators, because I, I'm going through it too. I'm on the elementary side and I'm dreading the common core math that's coming uh, down the line because <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> so Yeah, that has been one of those interesting phenomena, right? That we, you know, I've had calls and, hey, tell me, can you help me with this? You know, and so <laughs> it, it's been an interesting um, pivot as we have just all had to embrace the new normal of COVID, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're all going through it at some way, shape, or form. And so I appreciate, you know, everything that you and, and, and the rest of these schools are doing for all of the students that hopefully will enter the workforce and change the future of the supply chain. So that's uh, what we hope for. Yeah, um, absolutely. Th thank you, by the way. Thank you and for the platform and for the opportunity to share and to talk about how we are adjusting in the educational arena to mm -hmm. deliver really good supply chain, uh, a talent pipeline for companies to be able to get the best and brightest. Yes, I appreciate that. So this is Terry Esper, Associate Professor at The Ohio State University. He's also the Academic Strategies Committee Chair for CSCMP. If you go to CSCMP, register for EDGE 2020. Yes, register. The word supply, and you get $40 off your registration. That's super exciting. Yeah. Um, while you're on our website, foodlogistics.com and stcexec.com, register for next, next week's SCN Summit. We are so excited. State of the supply chain industry. So excited. Um, and check us out on social media. Follow us on our podcasts on link. Um, register for our webinars. We have so much going on. And thanks to, you know, this digital platform, like you said earlier, we're able to do and innovate and continue to do all these wonderful things and reach our readers in many, many different ways. So I appreciate it. And thank you, ladies, obviously, for being a part of yes. today. This is Link Live. Thank you very much. We'll see you next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central.